back and we're really back in FPL now, man. We're, we're knee deep in the. We, it is match week two, and we're both. I'd say I think Luke's a little more frustrated than I'm right now, but we're both already filling FPL. This does a great job of iterating how frustrating this game can be. I'm on 65 points for the week, and I think the average is going to end up being right around 40, maybe 41, and I feel like I had a terrible week. Yeah, it's funny that um, just the way this game is played, like I'm sitting on 44 points. I will after Ben White gets his um, little bonus points, and I'm probably happier with my end result from my week than Lucas with his just based on like I thought I was going to have a just a terrible week, and it's turned out to be, I guess, a... Four out of ten instead of two out of ten. So I mean, I'm I'm just riding the highs and lows. Last week I was at one point, or actually I guess after the first game of this week, I was up to my rank was twenty seven k, which is the lowest I've ever had a rank. Probably the lowest I'll ever have a rank. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll shoot for the stars. But it um, was a great start, kind of leveling out, and Luke's kind of um, kind of went up, but mentally down. <laughs> so yeah, it's ultimately going to be a really good week for me. I probably shot up over um i think at the start of the week i was at 900k and before this match i was at 90k so you know i you know 10th my rank which i'll i will take i'm more than happy with that but mm-hmm. um whenever we go into our a deep dive on our teams i'll get more into it but i had a couple trans no transfers i should say but a couple players come in that were not very impactful and frustrating overall. So mm-hmm. we'll get into that later on. But um, yeah, Paul, um, do you do you feel like there were anything you want to highlight at the very beginning about this week or any performers that really stood out to you um, that we could highlight for the audience? I think it's really frustrating that I had Embuemo in probably like 75% of my week one drafts and eventually I went away from him for, I think it was basically Rashford. And that one hurts a lot. I, I basically it was Rashford and Bowen both, and Bowen week one paid off for me. And Rashford has not got any returns yet at all. So that one hurts a little bit. I could have saved a lot of money and gone with Embuemo, who has the highest XG right now of any player in the game. So also he's delivered goals too, which we know XG doesn't really matter if you don't deliver the goals eventually. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's um, it's frustrating. But I have a lot of thoughts running around my head right now about about pivoting kind of with the whole FBL community to a couple early good performers, or do we stick with players we already believe in that are in our team? Right. A lot of questions rolling around. Maybe we'll discuss it later in the pod and kind of workshop some thoughts. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how this week played out because you have, you know, the majority of the game over, I think, 90% owning Holland, and then his effective ownership almost over, like, up to 200% which is crazy with how much he's being captain. And then Holland blinks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people put armband on Slaw. Slaw misses a pin, finishes the rebound. You know, so there's been a lot of up and down moments in this week that are major swinging door moments that will impact, you know, the very end of the season and yeah. honestly how teams shape up over the next couple of weeks. Um, so we'll kind of dive more into individual performances, um, but if there's any one player that I wanted to spotlight and highlight. Uh, I know who you're going to say. Diogo Jota. I uh, you're going to say Soli Marsh. <laughs> no, we'll get into him later. I'll talk about that. But I think Jota put in a really good performance. He is one of the best goal poachers in the Premier League. He knows mm-hmm. when to be at the right spot at the right time. 
and um, Neto with Bournemouth bobbled the ball around a little bit on a um, long-distance shot. Jota was there to tap it in, got the assist before that too. Um, so I really do wonder if he might gain a little bit of popularity within the community because of his goal contributions. I know Diaz was a very popular pick coming into that match, um, but if you can get into that Liverpool attack without having the price tag of Salah, I think there are going to be some major incentives for people to look that way. Yeah, I totally agree, dude. It's um, it's a that's a very promising attack. I think we're going to see their defense, as we've talked about a lot, struggle over the year, but they're going to for sure be in goals throughout the whole year. Be my guess. I, I would I would be shocked with the attacking firepower and the pieces they've added over the summer if they if they don't end up winning. Probably being top three or four in goals scored at least in the Premier League this season. Yeah, I agree with you that. Would, you would expect that. But yeah, they're currently never know. currently on four points. How many points in their own? the team um they are currently yeah for because yeah, they drew a chelsea game yeah. week one yeah. um and then i also have to say all of us fpl managers we can collectively get together be excited and hit that transfer button on gabriel from arsenal oh god here I we think go we can all enjoy that because it's he's been a quite terrifying player to have on your team yeah he's um Honestly, he's kind of pissing me off by pissing you off all the time. So, yeah, so I'm ready for you to clear him out of your team. Collectively, all of us will be happy when he's gone and we're not dealing with the issues that he is currently giving all of us. Okay, mm-hmm. that's all I'm going to say. I'm say. not going to touch it again. I will all leave right. it alone after this point, but I've had my little spill on it, which okay. really wasn't that long. You'd be, no, you I were think fine. you're happy about this. You're fine. You're um, good. Sleep is a far better choice at this point, right? Because, I mean, he's locked in. Gabriel, no idea if he's going to play or not. And for some reason, Arteta just doesn't want him in the team anymore, it seems like, for whatever um, tactical way in what, which he wants to play. So, yeah. At this point, we really don't have a choice, you know, especially mm-hmm. with two free transfers coming into the next game week. So, yeah. Well, we got move. Options. You got options. Yeah, we move. Uh, do you want to take a little break here, Paul, and we'll dive into our individual weeks? That sounds good. I would love to. All so right. we'll be right back. All right. And we're back. We're back. Yes. We're going to look at how our individual teams perform this week. Um, we're not going to bore you too much with the you know, minute details of how every player performed. But, um, so for game week two. I am sitting on 65 points. A good week. A good week. A good week. You know, I'm very happy with it. I think there are little things that I'm frustrated with that are going to maybe cause me some issues in the long run, but we'll get to that later on in the pod. So I had Matt Turner in goal for a two-pointer. It should have been a clean sheet. Ditto, so I don't have to repeat that. Yeah, it should have been a clean sheet. But he actually played really well. At 4.0, he's going to be a great enabler for all of us. And, you know, got to support those U.S. boys out there when they're in the prim. Okay, wait. Pause. Yeah. Christian Pulisic skull today. That was beautiful. Boy boy is cooking. Sorry. Yeah. He's cooking up some hot shit. (laughs) That that, was a beautiful goal. Pasta. Um, Be sure to check out our Twitter. We'll retweet the goal and um, put a little comment on it, too. So go check that out. Um, My back line. Shit is what they all are. Those They're bad. Shit. <laughs> it's very fitting for the team. So I had Gabriel with a beautiful one pointer. I mean, I yeah. had Chilwell. I'm not going to talk about it. I had Chilwell with a one pointer once again. Um, after the way he looked against Liverpool, 
this was really surprising to me. I thought that, I mean, not just him, but Chelsea in general. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a reflection looked, more of Chelsea than, than Chilwell, really. Chelsea really just looked off the pace. They they did kind of look somewhat better than West Ham, but West Ham were more clinical. I mean, so... And no, I'm just trying to say, I think that Chelsea looked good in times, but disorganized throughout. So the thing is, though, is, I mean, if you look at it, Chelsea was it was one to one against West Ham and they had the pen shout for Sterling. Mm-hmm. And I forgot my memory's telling me, but they didn't give that. No, they did. They got they a did. penalty. And then, and then got Enzo, Enzo, Enzo got, got saved. If he makes that penalty, that game turns out completely differently. Yeah, I agree. But I still think from an FPL perspective, watching the way they played, it doesn't like, – I'm not interested in getting any more Chelsea assets than the one – than Chilwell that I currently have. Yeah, that's valid. You know, and I think a lot of people were looking to jump onto them. Yeah, there were some people, like, saying triple up on Chelsea and all that, and that's just not – That's yeah. it's too early. You know? And Jackson could very easily have a great week over their next run of really nice fixtures, but – I'm just kind of worried to go there when I think there might be some better options available. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, that that run of fixtures, dude, where, I mean, it, it's going to go to Luton Town, Nottingham Forest, and Bournemouth. Like, that's that's really hard to pass on. It is. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, Here, honestly, me... if you look at the next the next five fixtures, it goes Luton, Forest, Bournemouth, Villa, and Fulham, and then Burnley, actually, for the next seven. But like, to counter that... Brentford have almost equally as good of a run and they have two proven assets up to this point. They look like they might be a better option for us to look yeah. at, yeah, um, which are, you know, Brian and Bomo and Wissa up top. Um, both of those look very interesting along with Rico Henry, all three of those entering my thoughts this week. Um, mm-hmm. To finish up my back line, I had a stupid on with, you know, a beautiful goal. Um, he got one bonus too, I believe, but um, he did get a yellow and they conceded a goal. So his total was a little limited by you know some of the little things like here and there. If they would have kept a clean sheet, like it would have been great. Yeah. Would have hauled. He would have. He would have. He would have been on for probably a, at least a two pointer, maybe three. And then if he doesn't get the yellow too, like he's probably on three bonus points. Yeah, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't be surprised like, if he did. I mean, yeah. that that could have been easily like a twenty twenty one pointer, which yeah. is absolutely mad. Yeah, and that's the thing with stupid on right. Even if after this first the first three game weeks, Brighton do have a tougher run of fixtures, but I'm going to keep him. I do not think that there's anyone out there who's a better asset at his price point. What you're mm-hmm. getting out of him. You just stick him in the squad and you ride out whatever fixtures they have. And yeah. As far as I'm concerned, um. So in my do we, do we want to do your defenders, Paul? And then yeah, we, we yeah. Let's do forward. let's go to your goalkeepers and your defenders. Okay. So I also have Matty T, which um we discussed him, so we kind of know we're on the same page with that. But I also had a Stupian, like you said, eleven points. Which honestly, my backline saved me this week. Without my backline, I would be struggling big time. Then I had Ben White who. Got me a seven pointer. He's got he's on six right now, but holding up with one bonus point, which I mean, really a good performance from Arsenal to keep that clean sheet. Whenever you go down to ten men around like the sixty fifth minute, which they shouldn't have been on ten men. That was some suspect refereeing. Yeah, there. that was bad. I I completely disagree with the red card there. I mean, both yellow cards for Thomas Sue were just like both questionable easily. 
And it felt very harsh to give him a yellow to send him off in the second place. Tom, We talked about this during the match, but Tommy Asu has had some really poor luck in the times that he started for Arsenal. He has. You know, I mean, he's he's a good player. He definitely, I think, belongs at the level. He's just had really bad luck. So hopefully he can work through that and, you know, have some really solid I mean, performances. The thing is with Timber going down, he's going to have chances the rest of the year. So, I mean, he, he can easily redeem himself. And at the end of the day, yeah, it sucks. It sucks that it happened. But Arsenal still got three points. Ben White kept his clean sheet. So I'm happy right now. You know? I'm biting my lips so hard yeah, right now. Yeah, don't even. We're not We're not going into it. We're not. Who is your third okay, defender? Um, ben Chilwell, one point. Same situation as Luke. And then I also had Naughty Cash, who got me six points and a clean sheet. Very nice. Very Which nice. Cash is an interesting one because I thought he'd have like a higher chance of goals, but it seems like he's just playing a lot farther back than I expected They're him to. They're pushing Digne up a lot higher, yeah. and he's, he's playing the role on the back. left that we thought that Cash would play on the right. And so, yeah. I mean, I was, I will say, I think I was kind of jaded by seeing them in the preseason whenever we were up in Maryland and Cash scored a goal, and I was like, oh. The, the, this is so nice. He's just running right down that right wing, and now it's kind of changed. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. He's going to stay in my team. I think all my defenders are going to stay put for now. That's but good. Yeah. Let's um, let's hear your midfield, Luke. My midfield. So I'll rip right through all of them and then kind of come back and touch on the high points. Um, so I had Marcus Rashford with a solid two pointer. I had Phil Foden with nine points. It's a good contribution Excellent. this week. Saka with three, so I managed to get a clean sheet point out of him, which is, you know, I'll take it at this point. Craziness. Sully Marsh with a 15-pointer. That Absolute banger. Banger, right? Like and then, Foden and Marsh in the midfield this week is just yeah crazy. And then I even have Jota, right, on a 12-pointer. I mean, my midfield was that, incredible this week. That's and an all-time midfield like, the, lineup the right there. The thing there... Here's the thing. I thought about bringing in Mbomo for Rashford. Oh, God, man. That would have been. If I would have done that, dude, we're looking at, like, historically great week there. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to roll into the and have two transfers, so I didn't do, make the transfer. But at this point, I really wish I would have. Retroactively, that would have been the best decision because now, now I'm in this space where I'm like, Rashford has forced away i don't know if i want to transfer him out for that but he doesn't look good as a striker it's yeah united doesn't look good this is this kind of goes into the dilemma man of like the players we really trust and like i guess it's kind of like the the parallel i'm seeing parallels right now in my head between him and bomo bomo and bomo that i'm seeing him that who i believed in the beginning of the year i was like he's in like 75 to 90 percent of my drafts and then i leave him out on the last day and he performs very well at the beginning, to Holland last year, who I was a fan of Holland his whole time at Dortmund, thought he was going to kill the Premier League, and I didn't have him in my team to start the year last year, and I got burnt by him, which I don't think they're going to be the same level of me getting burnt, but it's also like, do you move with the crowd now that everybody's shifting that way, or do you kind of wait and see if it's just a initial effect you know, of the start of the season? The There's a reason, lot of psychology behind it. You the know? reason I would encourage people to go for Mbomo, his underlying numbers are incredible, right? According to understat.com, which, you know, they put together all these different XGXA stats. Mbomo is leading the Premier League with an XG of 2.97, 
a non-penalty XG of 1.45 and a measly XA of 0.09. So he's not going to contribute to assists, most likely, but he is going to be amongst he's the goals. Be in goals. And they've scored, what, like six goals already? Yeah, and the, the, way, the way that Brentford play, they strategically set their team up for set pieces to get pins in the box. And it's not like they're it's not that because they're diving they're just putting themselves in really good positions to then draw pins mm-hmm. um so him and wissa two excellent assets i would really think about but i think we're all gonna have some pretty important dilemmas like for example now that sock is off pins is he locked into our teams it's crazy and that narrative flips so fast because Sokka is currently owned by 66.5% of managers. He's probably going to get a price drop. And my big thing about this as well is that over the next six, seven fixtures, Arsenal played Chelsea, Man City, Tottenham, and United. Those are all four very difficult matches that Sokka could easily haul in playing against these you know, equally great, if not better teams. But at the same time, is there a better asset in say maybe in Bomo or maybe I double up on with Martian Matoma in the midfield um, mm-hmm. because both look really good and I want to cover my bases with Brighton. Maybe I'm better off with having them or going to maybe even Odegaard, make a lateral move, lock him in. He had better underlying stats and ended up with more points last season. Yeah. So now that he's on pins, Maybe we go with Odegaard. That's see, it, it's so difficult though because like, do you want to waste a transfer to go from Sokka to Odegaard? But like, Sokka's value as an asset is significantly decreased now that he's off pins. That that's the big thing too. We need to watch Arteta closely because maybe Sokka isn't off pins. Maybe this was a one-off. It he hands be, the ball to be, Odegaard. They could be alternating. I mean, Arteta showed that he's willing to try a lot of new things, do like whatever he feels is right. Not just like based on like soccer rules, you know, or like football rules, I guess, traditional values. But like, I don't, I don't think it's a terrible idea because then goalkeepers don't really know. There's a lot more facts they have to look at, a lot more things they have to consider than just like one person consistently. Yeah, I mean, I just then you also have Jorginho on the team too. Where if mm-hmm. Jorginho's playing, I mean, maybe he'll take pens. Like, yeah, you could, you know, even theoretically see someone like Havertz possibly taking pins. He is at mm-hmm. one point was doing it for Chelsea. He's a pretty good um, pen taker too. Yeah, exactly. So there's so many questions in the midfield. I think that's where the majority of our issues lie. And really, Mm -hmm. ultimately, I think that that's where the majority of the points are going to come from this season. Obviously, Holland up top, that's just going to be set in stone. Even though he blanked this week, I'm not worried about Holland. He's going to get his goals. But in the midfield, I really do wonder, like, where do people improve? I think a lot of people are going to hop on the Foden bandwagon. I think so? really do think that's going to happen. I think he's going to become one of the, you know, big content creator narratives where people are like, oh, look at how he's creating. Yes, yes, he he's currently in the team, you know? Like, I feel like the reason why I wanted to have Foden in my team is because without KDB, without Mares, without all of these creative players they had, Foden would have to be in those positions. Mm-hmm. And now that he is, his FPL value is much higher. And seemingly, he's going to be in the team more frequently than he has been in the past. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. 
Which, I mean, the thing we know about Foden, like you said, like, if he gets the minutes, like, he's going to be involved, especially if he's playing that role for City that he's been playing, especially this last weekend. He's going to be a hard FPL asset to ignore. And I've, I've openly spoken against Foden on this podcast just because I'm a skeptic of how often he's going to play, how often Pep really trusts him. But if he can just solidify those minutes, then it's, I think he's almost a no-brained asset to have. Yeah, I agree. As long as City's scoring goals, which they should be. I, th- I think they will be. I think they will be, but like, there's kind of question marks a little bit. With, so. with a lot of teams, I think I would be skeptical. But with the mind of Pep and how he can have his team adapt and grow in a short amount of time, I think City are going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a ton of assets. They just have to kind of figure out how this specific puzzle works together, which they, they absolutely will. Uh, I'm going to be honest, Paul. I'm going to go back to Gabriel a little bit. I think I'm, as of now, while we're talking about this, I might just leave him in my team, just put him on the bench. Yeah, not waste a transfer. Why waste a transfer? He is going to drop in price, but honestly, even if he drops in price twice, I'm yeah. okay with that. It's not a huge, it's not a huge deal. You know, I think... I think Foden, Marsh already rose in price. I think Jota will rise in price at some point. I'm I'm happy with my team, and I don't think I necessarily want to burn a transfer on Gabriel, who I don't have another defender that I would love to have in my team. So Yeah, no, that makes Sorry. sense. Just a random thought there. Um, let's go over your midfield, and I wanted to talk about Sully Marsh, but it's okay. Yeah. Everyone knows how we, I feel about Sully Marsh. So um, I, Did I tell you all about the tattoo I got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got Sully Marsh's face on his ass. <laughs> no one will ever see it. <laughs> it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> does it exist or does it not? If it does, I'll put a picture on our Twitter feed. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, Luke just painted a beautiful picture of picking the perfect midfield and selecting the exact right players to have a great week. And my midfield did the opposite of that this week. It was <coughs> sorry to get a little covered there, but my midfield is absolute shit this week, and the only thing I can say about them is is that everybody played, everybody got at least two points. Madison ended up with three, Rashford ended up with two, Saka three, Bowen two, and Eze two, which Bowen and Eze were on my bench, but it, it's one of those weeks for me that's just disappointing because I got three i guess two clean sheets a goal from a defender and then in the rest of my team the only other return i had was from one of my forwards as an assist which we'll talk about that in a second but it, it it's just one of those weeks where like i feel like there was a lot of momentum for me heading into week two and it's kind of slowed a little bit because i mean we i have you have to get returns from these midfield players especially when you have so many goals out there this week like it, it, it's it's a miss of a week for me which is fine like i mean it happens in fpl and we just have to ride the wave you know just keep going the i think the most important question to ask yourself is are your players in those important positions right that's at this point i think that's the most important thing to mm-hmm. say do i trust this midfield because they're in good positions yeah and are they likely to you know capitalize on those positions yeah i mean i, I think speaking to your question that James Madison is somebody that is so exciting to have in your team, but he's also flagged. Like we, he apparently went out on crutches after their match this weekend. So if he's out, I mean, I'm, he's staying in my team. He's not going anywhere. Like even if he's out for a couple of weeks, that's fine. Well, I guess 
I'll probably wait for all my transfers till later in the week so I can kind of get the report on how he's doing because that's going to influence a lot of things. Like if he's if it's a long-term injury, then yeah, he's probably got to go. But if it's short-term, he's going to stay. Rashford, I think, whenever United figure their team out, he's going to be a large part of assists, goals, creation for them. So I'm not really worried about him. Saka, honestly, hasn't looked that great in kind of the discussion we had earlier in the pod about he's off pens. He's not, like, Arsenal just haven't looked, or Saka hasn't looked prolific yet. And it's only two games this season so far, so we, it's fine. We were talking about this when we were watching the most recent match against Crystal Palace. It To me, it just feels like everyone in Arsenal's team are kind of frustrated right now. Like, maybe the spacing is They're off a little bit. I mean, or, Saka I did score the worldie last week, so, I mean, yeah, he got that return. I know, but, but, like, maybe it's playing Crystal Palace is what I was seeing that because they're very compact they set really deep, and they frustrated Arsenal. And I, I think that was very evident in watching. They did, but it's also needs to be stated that it's a big three points for Arsenal to get. No, for sure. Like, it really is. I'm, as far as I'm talking in that way, I think, you know, a huge three points for Arsenal. But from an FPL perspective, we want to be seeing them scoring yeah, lots of goals. We want to see fluidity and yeah, exactly. and chan- chances exactly. created. But I, I think, so, I mean, he's probably going to stay put at my team for now. I'm don't really want to use a transfer to pivot from Saka to Odegaard reactionary about the pens because like Luke said easily it could just be a one week thing or there was something about the goalkeeper matchup I I possibly it's not a good sign but I don't want to make a rash transfer out of that where Saka goes back on pens next week so we're going to give it a little bit to wait for that that's good and also I I still just like Bowen a lot as a midfielder in my team I think he's gonna get returns i mean look they scored three goals against chelsea which is yeah it's also a chelsea team that's young still trying to figure themselves out but i i I think it's bad luck that west ham score three goals and bowen's not involved with any of them how do you feel about west ham's upcoming fixtures it's c so they play brighton luton man city liverpool sheffield newcastle tricky it's it's, <laughs> tricky. It's, it's it's not i think um that's for sure a hold until they get past luton and then maybe transfer bowen out going from four to five after do you think away at the amex to brighton do you think west ham are gonna have much joy uh i don't know i see this brighton defense as a team that likes to give up goals after they kind of take control of the game and they kind of always usually let their foot off or give up a miscellaneous pin i i think there's a chance that bowen could poach a goal in that situation okay and mm, yeah i think it's possible i i wouldn't um bet on it but i'm just wondering because as we talk about how midfielders are so important and you think that it's one of the most important positions in our team setups I just don't know if Bowen is the best one for the upcoming run of fixtures, you know, to use in one of those, you know, key five spots is all the only reason I'm asking. Yeah. No, no, that's a valid question to ask. I mean, I think um, if you look at Bowen compared to like compare Wisa or maybe compare him to this would be really interesting. Compare him to Foden. Let's see. Yeah, because I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if Bowen's underlying numbers are better. It's let me see. Um, so basically, let's see. 
So Foden has an XG of 0.33, and Bowen has one of 0.27. Oh, okay. All right. So and it's not Bowen, even that close. Yeah. I mean, on t for total points, I mean, it's like Foden has 12, Bowen has 11. But if you the, the interesting part is if you look at their heat maps, Bowen has a lot more out to the side, and Foden's playing more that central row. But Bowen also has a large, not a large portion, but there's also like a dot of his heat map that's just centered right outside the six-yard box, which you like to see because he, that means he's hunting in that area. So, I mean, we'll see. I'll, I'll probably leave him in this week. There's a chance I could move him out, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Right. I, I was just kind of picking your yeah. brain, see how, see how committed you are to him there because I think, you know, he's someone that, you know, what is his ownership right now? Probably like what? He is four, sub five percent. Four point nine. Four, very close. Point one away. Literally sub, sub um, five. Yeah. So right. really good differential there, I think. But there's also like, Foden's currently at ten point two percent. Jota's at three point two percent. Marsh is at seven point four. You know, there's a lot of really great differential options that we can still move early on, mm -hmm. um, and get them in your teams before you know it becomes before they're too too widely owned um yeah, agreed so yeah but do you want to go over your forward line paul or did you sure 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 there's yeah. not much going on here but we'll go over it. <laughs> just like the midfield <laughs> yeah um i'm telling you without my back line i would have been screwed this week so i had holland who i captained ended up on four points just minutes all that shit and then Ollie Watkins, who had an assist, ended up on five. And then Pedro, who ended up on zero because he subbed on and got a yellow card. So it's a great way to summarize my week that my forwards, literally the only goal I had in my team was from a defender. And then the only assist was from a striker that was, how many goals did Villa score? They scored four. And he was only involved in an assist as a striker. And as soon as he subbed out, guess who scored? Yeah, his replacement. His replacement. So it's the game we play, folks. Yeah. Um, Ollie Watkins was a major, major frustrating point for me as well. I had Holland with my captaincy, four points. Watkins on five. Um, I did put Pedro on the bench, which was really nice with that zero-pointer. Um, almost had Udogi sub on, but I think we all know what happened there. Um, yeah. So Watkins is someone that I'm not sure about either. I think they do have a good run of fixtures. They have um, Burnley away. Liverpool away, mm -hmm. and then they have Crystal Palace at home, so those are you know not not terrible. And but then it also gets even better around game week eight. They have a great run of fixtures where they play Wolves, West Ham, Luton, Forest, and Fulham. So that's a really good run. And three oh, and three forgot, of those five are at home. I forgot to add that they play Spurs after that, so that's also a great fixture too. Wow, here comes the North London and Paul. It's Sorry. out. It's about. It's raging to get out, you know. It's Doesn't like, it feel so natural for him? I mean, just, oh. Uh, just wants to get out and yeah. run around and bark, you know. You know, if you were a true North Londoner, I'm you wouldn't have song. James Madison in your in your team. Sorry, dude. He's, honestly, he's so enjoyable to watch. I can't even lie about that. Yeah, he's good. Well, hopefully he is not hopefully injured not. for next week. We'll see what happens. Um, but as I was saying, I think Watkins is someone that I'm really considering moving on from. I'm not quite happy with how he's performed up to this point and with him being off pens for me that's a major negative that is kind of a sign for maybe it's time to move on even if he does return 
I could go to someone else who probably will have similar returns at a much cheaper price. Crazy. Um, there's a interesting thought in my mind. So there's multiple ones I'm thinking. I'm kind of hesitant to say them on the pod because I don't want to give too many good ideas away. That's valid. Um, but I think currently I have, without saying too much, I have three that are really at the top of my list. Um, okay. And we'll see how the week shakes out. Remember, everyone, the deadline is yet again on Friday. That blows, man. I hate um, that. We've got an early like match. Uh, I believe it's Chelsea who plays. Um, let me see if I can just get this set is up it here. I believe so. Um, yeah, supposed to be. Yeah, no, it's Friday. Chelsea play yeah, Luton, the twenty fifth. Um, yeah. It's at Stamford Bridge. So early deadline. Keep that in mind when you're planning your transfers. Make sure you don't come up to the very last minute. Strictly just because we don't want the website to crash. You're not able to make your transfers. That's really a pain point there for a lot of Everybody managers. Be aware. Um, but I have three other strikers in mind. I'm probably going to just use one transfer, sit Gabriel on the bench, you know, give him, you know, maybe a nice little Gatorade, let him sit on there, enjoy the view, but he's going to sit there for yeah, a long time. I mean, if you were nice, you'd like get him like a little, like, um, what is it? Like a portable Nintendo switch. You could just play it on the bench. No, no, <laughs> no, Paul, what? come on. We're not giving him He wants him to that. be entertained. I don't know. After the what he's done to me, <laughs> it is it is not. You're happening. gonna sit there and you're gonna shut up. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm not going down don't, that with you. Don't say anything. <laughs> We're not going there. Um, yeah, but I've definitely got some ideas in mind for what I want to do for that striker position if I do that chain transfer. But I could also look at you know taking Gabriel out and bringing in um, a couple of defenders. And for the defenders, I think that I would probably be looking at maybe Henry from Brentford. Um, he's he's looked really good up to this point getting forward. Um I also like the idea a lot of maybe even like Kyle Walker. Um Yeah, you floated that one earlier you were talking about that. The issue on that though is I think with City bringing in a new right wing, Walker may not be getting higher inverting the way he was. Um, yeah, he was Newcastle. literally by himself on the right side. He was just bombing down that right wing. It was mm-hmm. I don't know if he's I, I think to me that speaks to a, an assist chance for him. It doesn't really speak to like a goal chance. I don't think he's uh, he could find goals, but like if he stays in that position, I think it's more of a crossing role where he's just giving that, the width. Yeah. That's what I would be looking for. His mm-hmm. he doesn't even have any notable XA up to this point, really. Yeah. But it is something that's interesting to me, especially because they have a good run of fixtures coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, and honestly, for me. That's really about as far as I would look at this point. Yeah, um, still a lot of time left in the week to go. So there is. I mean, honestly, at this point, I really don't know what moves I'm going to make. I need to wait for press conferences. Kind of let this week sit a little bit, simmer, do some research, and go from there and see if I, if I want to make transfers. I mean, I've I have two transfers, one rolled from last week, so maybe I use one, maybe I use both. I'm not quite sure. I need to really sit down and think about the players on my team and where I see them going from here. I was going to ask, are there any like pain points within your squad that you think you'd be looking at moving on? Um, so far, honestly, I think the two biggest ones that stand out are Rashford and Bowen, especially Rashford at that price point. And like I said, I think in, in 
in a little while or whenever United figure it out, Rashford is going to be a very viable asset. He's probably, I mean, he is the quality you go on a run like he did last year where he's just like an unmissable asset. But can he do that as a striker? That See, that's what I'm saying. Like whenever whenever they get Hoyland back and he can play as the striker, it's going to make Rashford's job a lot easier because he loves to cut in from that left side, loves to create from there and just attack on the break. And at the nine position, he's just really not like, there's just other things asked of him than what he's really great at. Yeah, and my kind of abrupt thesis on this is if Hoyland is going to change the way that United play and make everyone much better by allowing them to play in their natural positions, why would we not just wait for Hoyland to get back and bring him in whenever we get to the point of where United look like they're hitting form again? Yeah. You yeah. Know, so something yeah. like, as we talked about, that midfield, those midfield spots are so important this season. Mm-hmm. And if we have someone in Rashford who has blinked twice in a row and just most importantly hasn't looked like he's in the positions and he's so highly owned, if we could go somewhere else that is lower owned, more dif- not even differential, but just, you know, better for our teams holistically. Yeah. I feel like, you know, it's something to think about. I completely agree. It's, I let me tell you, I do not want another week where my midfield gives me zero returns at all. Yeah, that I, I can see why you want we, that. We, yeah. I just, we just can't do that. If if I want to have the FPL season that I want out of this year, it's just not an option, you know. Here's the thing, Paul Saka did return. He got a clean sheet. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna Gabriel. Gabriel knew that one Gabriel. was coming. That was Gabriel. that was so creative. You all are I'm getting. Not, I'm not even trying to be creative. You all are getting a snapshot of what our childhood was. <laughs> this is this is a great little microcosm of what it was like growing up with the two of us. <laughs> I was a lot meaner then too. I'm not even gonna lie. Fair play, fair play there. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, we're not gonna dive deep into our childhood trauma in the pod. We're not going to. We're just gonna avoid it. Um, but yeah, like, do you have um? Do you want to do you want to keep rolling with this? Um, do you have any ideas you want to throw at anybody before we go? I do. I do. Um, and this one is very predictable, but I didn't get a chance to do it earlier. Oh, Sully Marsh time. Sully Marsh is an incredible asset to have. This is something that I've been going on about since the preseason. I never understood why Matoma had almost. 35% higher ownership. It's because his thesis was about dribbling. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. It's a fair thesis there by you, Paul. <laughs> I that never... Shit, okay. Shit's so annoying. But I uh, never understood this, right? And I'm, a Matoma, I'm on the Matoma side, not Marsh. The but. underlying numbers for Matoma, his XA is much better, right? But conversely, the XG of Sully Marsh is far better than Matoma's. Yeah. Right? So, Sully Marsh has three goals. Matoma has one goal and two assists. So, my major point here is why was Matoma so much more widely owned when they're putting out almost an equal performance for FPL? Yeah. It just, it seems like one of those fallacies that a lot of people like, Matoma, he's a great pick. I'm going to go with him. And Marsh just gets overlooked. Which is fine for people like you because I I love it honestly you know works out well for you and the tattoo is proven you know like it's it's worth it now right so you're saying it's real Schrodinger's cat that's all I'm gonna say yeah so it's just been a frustrating point for me and you know 
I, I don't know. I just feel like whenever we're making these decisions as FPL managers, make decisions that, you know, you can use other people for your resources, for your decision-making process, but try to incorporate your own creativity in what you're trying to do, right? Yeah. I, I, honestly, I think a lot of it, to me, comes down to belief in the players and the teams that you're choosing, basically. Like, do I know that, say, if I want to pivot towards a Chelsea attack, do I firmly believe that Chelsea is going to have the goals in this team and that the players I select are going to be the ones involved? That's honestly, if you're looking at attackers, that's really what FPL like narrows down to. And there's different ways to go about it. Like we always talk about the eye test, the numbers, underlying data and everything. But if you don't have that belief in the player and that they're going to get you returns, why? Like why? Like just because just you see a content creator that says, well, Rashford had this year, blah, 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 last year, blah, blah, blah. There's so many other things that factor in besides, like, past experience. I mean, look, look at Sterling. Like, at one point, I think he was, like, what, like an 11 million FPL player because he was in a Man City team and he was performing well. And as an FPL asset, people at the beginning of the year were saying at 7.0 that he's undervalued. What has he done so far, you know? Like, he drew a pen. Outside of that, nothing. He did look better as opposed looked, to what he's looked in the past. He looked better. But, it, it's but what is that too. saying? Right? How much, how much belief saying? do you actually have in that player and the system they play and how they're going to function within that ecosystem? Right, exactly. And we all have to remember, right, everything that happens in FPL is up to variance. We cannot mm-hmm. predict how a match of 22 players out there is going to play out. It's so no. difficult to do that. And that's why earlier when I was saying, are they in the right positions? Like, tactically, the way the team sets up, if they're in positions that are opportune for your player, that's what we're looking for. And if you have that fundamental belief that they're going to, you know, be able to capitalize on those positions, that's when you should trust that feeling, right? The data is great. Mm -hmm. Like, it's excellent for building upon how positioning works, and how effective they're going to be in that position. But you have to believe in the players you're picking for your team, or otherwise, like, what what's the fun in it, right? What's the point? That's why, that's why this week was so fun in the start for me, because I had Marsh, I had Foden, I have Jota, all three of them who I thought would be in great positions, all three of them capitalized on their positioning, right? And going back to the preseason, that's why I was so high on Foden and felt so good about having him in my team. Because I thought he'd be in great positions. Mm-hmm. And I really think he's going to be that engine creator for how City are going to attack this season until KDB comes back or, you know, they sign four more players. So, Yeah, it's really funny, Luke, while you were doing that, I was kind of just playing around with um, Fantasy Football Hub, and they have a feature where you can compare two different players. And so I'm looking at Marsha Madoma just kind of while you were doing that. To, I wanted to check this out. And they have the little, like, um, circle graph, you know, where it shows you, like, XG, basically, like, Goals is on the right side, essentially, like and stuff in the box on the right side. And there's also the left side, which is more so like assist, chances created, through balls, all these things. And if you look at Martian Matoma, just to prove your point that you made, the the red half, which is or the right half is solely Marsh centric with goals, XG, big chances, shots in the box, shots on target. And then the left half is all Matoma, which is essentially assist. Just proving your point exactly. Like and this, so. and then that ties into the eye test mm-hmm. because when you watch Matoma play, he is almost always beating his defender. 
he's making defenses rotate. And as they rotate, Marsh just kind of wanders into those great positions. And, yeah. I mean, even this past weekend, it wasn't even um, Matoma that assisted him, right? You've gotten CISO playing two incredible balls through, and Marsh just puts them away. So it's it's all about positioning in my eyes, and that's kind of how I'm looking at these players. And So the, the another funny little aspect of this, too, is that if you look at their heat maps, Matoma's is literally only in the opposition's other half, and March is more just, like, in the center of the pitch. But he also has, like, the heat areas kind of, like, in that right-handed side where he slides in on the left. Mm-hmm. And Matoma actually has a large portion of his heat map located in other teams' box, which is really interesting that... It's it's because of his progressive it's, carries, yeah, it's, I it's, think. It's where he ends up, like, with the ball at the yeah. end of attacks and everything. Yeah. But it, it, it's really cool to look at these stats. Like, everybody, I, I recommend to dive deep on that and kind of just see, like, where these players are functioning yeah. in the ecosystems of their teams, you know? And if you go back and listen to the first podcast Paul and I did on top ends with twins. I think you'll recognize that we have grown immensely in the way in which we're picking mm-hmm. our teams, picking players. Um, and it goes to show if we can do it, you all can do it as well. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, yeah. And honestly, I think the best thing out of this is to like, whenever you pick the right player, it's a great feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. And it makes, it makes watching the premier league, which is in our opinion, by far the most exciting league in professional soccer and honestly i think that playing fpl makes it even more interesting as well right it's something that you know is it's fun it's exciting and it can be frustrating too yeah but all of these things they make it have value and that's why we love doing it mm-hmm. i totally agree luke it's um it's frustrating at the end of the day but it's also really exciting you know like whenever you have um whenever you look down at your phone and you're watching like I don't remember what game I was watching, or maybe I was like driving, going somewhere during the Brighton Wolves match, and I looked down. I'm like, "Oh shit! A group chat's blown up. Matoma scored. Oh wait, I don't have him." And then a Stupian scored, and like just like these moments of like validation, essentially, and like players that you picked, and figuring out how you want to play the game. Like it's fun just to grow with the game, you know? Yeah. And I think one thing that we have definitely learned is it helps so much to have a plan. Having a plan and how you want to play for one is important, but also having like a kind of weekly idea of what transfers you want to make if you want to roll. So that way you're not making a knee-jerk reaction transfer getting Gabriel out of your team whenever you Mm -hmm. are very frustrated at how um, how he's been performing. So, you know, I think that's my spill. But honestly, it's a good week for you, Luke. Yeah, I'm very happy. Frustrating, but good week. I'll probably end up around like 100, 150K or so overall. And going into game week three, I feel good about my squad, and I'm excited about you know what's to come. Yeah. Who I'm going to um, bring in. Another thing that I want to throw out there before we um, wrap on the pod is that I think it's really important to remember, like obviously earlier in the pod I was talking about being 27K in the world at one point, and that's just big for me because I've never been ranked anywhere close that high. But at the beginning of FPL, rank really doesn't matter. Like, it's kind of just like a shit show where it's, you're just kind of throwing darts out there essentially to see where stuff lands, you know, really. Like, we don't – at the two, two weeks ago, we never would have thought that Odegaard was on pens over Sokka. We never would have – I don't think anybody considered that really. Like, I mean, I think Sokka missed a pen in, in um, preseason. But we never really thought Odegaard was going to take over. I have a question for you on what you're saying right now. What is the craziest narrative you see coming up this next week? 
from content creators in FPL. The craziest narrative. Um, oh, man. I'm not even sure. Uh, maybe going to a triple Brentford. That I would not triple be Brentford. Honestly, that. it'll probably be pushed in some, Here, by some people. Here's what's going to be a fun one, right? I, I can see this coming. Is Mbomo a better player than Bukaya Saka? I yeah, can see that. I, I can see people throwing out you there. Know, and not even questioning is he a better FPL asset, but is he a better player overall? We know the answer to that. We do. It's just how they, like I said, how they it's function on the team. It's system, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. So I guess that's probably going to do it for us, right, Paul? I think mm-hmm. we've we've had a really productive episode here and hopefully helped you guys out with some of your decision-making process. Um, but what a week. What, what a, week. a week. What a week, man. Lots of highs, lots of lows, but in all entirety, it's normal fbl week yeah just just another day at the office you know it is chipping away you know yeah well i hope everybody had a enjoyable fpl week in the or at least you had a bad fbl week maybe your team won this week maybe you just enjoyed watching matches because i know it's great to have the premier league back in our lives and even syria too captain america baby but um I, i hope everybody enjoyed it like i said just take whatever comes like there's going to be good weeks, bad weeks. FPL is more about the marathon. It's it's not a sprint. So just stay balanced and everything will just make nice, educated decisions. And we'll, we'll see you next week. I've got one closing yeah. thought for you all. Be prepared to watch our Twitter account because you will see if I have a tattoo or not. <laughs> I I would, if I saw that, I would spontaneously combust if you had a solely Marsh tattoo on your ass. But maybe you do. I don't know. And on that note, we are done. <laughs> it's been a great podcast. Thanks, guys. See you again.